Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Hello and welcome into the family room. I am Mari and I'm here with my co-hosts, as you just heard, John and Craig. Hey, John. Hello. Hey, Craig. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yes, we have been sitting here laughing before we started We today. never laugh. We this never is laugh. serious business. Yes, here in the family room, we're glad that you are joining us and we are doing one of our infamous banter shows today. So um, we've been talking about what we wanted to talk about, and we came up with the Holy Spirit because we just celebrated Pentecost. Mm -hmm. No matter when you're listening to this, we just celebrated Pentecost. (laughs) And uh, um, the Holy Spirit just seems like a really good topic. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, I think we probably need a big dose of him. So, John, would you open us up in prayer to get started? Mm -hmm. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for... For this time together, for the ways that you work in in all of us, in all of our lives, and, and now especially for the promise of the Holy Spirit that your son made to bring everything that he did to come to pass and to give power to change people uh, from from being meek and timid or, and shy and, and f- fearful to, to bold and, and, and full of full of a fearless desire to serve you and to bring your kingdom to come. And Father, we are here. It's our desire that through this show and through our efforts that we would be somehow enablers of your kingdom. And so we just ask you to pour out your spirit now again on us, but mostly on our listeners so that the message that you would have them hear is the message that they hear. And the things that you would have them emboldened to do are the things that they are emboldened to do. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, and we ask you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come, Holy Spirit, come. The Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 That was absolutely beautiful. Yes, it was. Yeah. So where do we go with that? Who is the Holy Spirit? Why is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, Yeah, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. I loved your reminder of uh, bringing kingdom to your... Building the kingdom. Yeah, building the kingdom and bringing God's kingdom here on earth as yeah. it is in heaven. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, you think it goes all the way back to Genesis, mm-hmm. right? They talk about the spirit, I think, hovering over the waters, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess first question, because we don't look at it, we don't talk about it, right? In our church, we talk about it kind of peripherally. There's a Holy Spirit, he's part of the Trinity. Yeah. But we never really dissect the personality of mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just, you know, myself included for a long time were like, Okay, what what is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? What is he? What's it for? Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. Actually, a friend of mine once said, I, I have a bad habit of thinking of the Holy Spirit as the bench warmer. You know, we got the first string, <laughs> yeah, <that's an laughs> God and Jesus, comment. and then we got the Holy Spirit. But I think that's because of our lack of understanding of who the Holy Spirit really is. Yep. And um, and I think, I, I wonder, I don't know, is it because it's hard to grasp? You know, with with God, we have pictures of what we think God looks like, which, of course, God doesn't really look like any of the pictures we have. And then we've got pictures of what we think Jesus looks like. That may be a little closer because we know where he was born and mm-hmm. that and we type got of the thing. Shroud, right? the shroud, and, and we have the shroud, yeah, the image, yeah, so, exactly. Yep, yep. So we've got, but the Holy Spirit. What does that really mean? What does that look like? So, animal-wise, or you know, so 
we've got the dove that we think of the Holy Spirit. But it's funny because I learned Father Dave Pavanka, he's got a great series called the Wild Goose Series. Yes, right? it's excellent. Yes. Yeah, it's like 14 videos you can watch. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But do you remember, John, why he called it the Wild Goose? Why he called it Wild Goose? I didn't remember until I just looked this back up. No, you have to remind me. Yeah. So he said it's because the Celts used to call the Holy Spirit the Wild Goose. Because if you think of a wild goose, I don't know how many people have seen a wild goose in action. They're like wild and all over the place. They're just, you don't know which way they're going to go. They're powerful. They're, um, they're, they're so full of energy and you just don't even know which direction they're going to go. And, um, that was pretty kind of, kind of cool thinking of it that way. But I wonder, do you guys think it's because we can't imagine what it, he looks like? Cause I've heard Father Cantalamesa say that the Holy Spirit actually is a being. Yeah. It's a, that, that it. Mm-hmm. I hate to, well, I don't hate to admit it. I, it. I was pretty old when it dawned on me that it was the person, the Father, the person, right. the Son, and the person, the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah. I knew that since yeah. whatever you started reciting the Baltimore Catechism, right? Yeah. But when, when I finally dawned on me that the love between the Father and the Son is so incredible mm-hmm. that the outcome, the result, which is terrible theology, because that implies a time a transition of time, which isn't the case, right? Right. But the outcome of that is the Holy Spirit, and it is a person in the Trinity. It's not a powerful love like the love I have for my wife, for my children. Or it's it is a person. It is a person, a person of love. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we're doing the Catechism in the year right now, right? Yep. And so mm-hmm. when um, when we read about well, at several different points. It hammers home the idea, you know, Jesus said, I never, I, I only come to do the will of the Father, right? So Jesus never acts outside the will of the Father. Um, the Holy Spirit never acts, acts outside of either the three, that not one of the persons of the Holy Trinity, but the, so the Holy Spirit that we think about that wild goose, right? Mm-hmm. That can be anywhere, everywhere and do amazing things, never acts mm-hmm. outside the will of the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and that to me was like enlightening because you do think I had this vision. Jesus says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He knows what to do. He's got a list. <laughs> Probably not. Right. He's got I'm, I'm sending the Holy Spirit because I've already done this. And then we've already admitted that at this time of day, I'm ADD. So I'm just going to go ahead and go there anyway. <laughs> but then I was listening to um, the readings for the Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, Jesus comes into the room, right? And um, maybe it wasn't the Pentecost. I, I, I'm a scripture scholar, for clear, clearly. But <laughs> he's like, he breathes on them. Oh, yeah, that right? was bef- it was before it's, Pentecost. It's the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. And, and, and then what's the first thing he says? Be not Be afraid. Be not afraid. Mm-hmm. And then the first power he gives them is for what? Peace. Peace, but... Whose sins you forgive oh, are yeah. forgiven. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So the first thing he does is give us the power for forgiveness. For the, gives the apostles the power for forgiveness of sins. He, he puts that power in the church. It's part of their priestly church. ministry. It's part of their priestly ministry. But I thought about it and like, isn't it odd that he's like, I'm, I, I give you the power to enlighten people or to to speak a certain way or to the first thing he gives them. And I have the John Gordon version of that, which is like. <laughs> You're going to need this because there's a lot of knuckleheads out there and, <laughs> and they're going to mess it up. Right. But I thought it was pretty powerful that he breathes on them, the, the, the breath, the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So that mm-hmm. doesn't happen independently. And the first thing he does is the forgiveness of sins, 
which to me just screams the desire of the Father for us to be to be saved, to be back to him, to be yeah, reconciled. It is the will of the Father, yeah. right? So the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all have that same will. And as for the three of us knuckleheads, Mari, I know you're better than a knucklehead, but <laughs> not much. Things for you right now. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that's very cool. Think, think about that, right? Because we talked about the beginning of time. The Holy Spirit came in, hovered over the waters. Right. He helped create mm-hmm. uh, order out of the chaos, mm-hmm. right? Out of love, like you said. Then you look that at the uh, Annunciation, mm-hmm. right? Mary's heart was open. Mary's heart listened to an angel that says, I got a message from God, mm-hmm. Christ coming down, giving us a message. And Mary said, all right, I accept it. I'm okay with that. The Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. who came upon her, right? The love right. of yes. the Father and the Son who's came yep. upon her. And the miracle of Christ's incarnation happened because the Holy Spirit entered in mm-hmm. into a willing heart. What does that mean for us, Mari? If yeah. you think about that yeah. in the context of if you have an open heart, what does that mean for you personally? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Before I answer your question, there's an image that comes to mind for me when you just said that about Mary. Because, okay, John, you just mentioned the scripture that was Jesus talked to them before he sent the Holy Spirit, right? Right. right. So then 10 days later at Pentecost, when he sends the Holy Spirit, those 120 people that are in the upper room who receive the Holy Spirit, only one out of 120 has actually received the Holy Spirit before. Oh, Mary. Mary. So Mary was there, and it's so cool to think about what a beautiful person Jesus left to be able to help them deal with what they just experienced, right? Because she, like you just said, Craig, she already had the Holy Spirit overcome her. She had the docility of heart, and she allowed the Holy Spirit to do that. So she already knows what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and so as they're all experiencing this for the first time, how lovely to think that she's there helping them to kind of understand what they're experiencing or just be there to listen if they want to talk about it. I don't know. That just made it so much more human and cool to think about. Okay, now I'll go back and answer your question. (laughs) So the the whole, I think the key in what you said was having an open heart when the Holy Spirit does because the Holy Spirit is already there. You know, once you're baptized, you have got the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You've received gifts of the Holy Spirit. You've received both the sevenfold gifts from Isaiah. We'll break open all of this, right? Yep. Um, but and you've received some very you've received the fruits that we hear about in Galatians five, and then you hear the Pauline or charismatic gifts that we all get, and they're that are fortified during confirmation. But it's all there. But it's kind of like we have got to be able to be willing to receive to allow it to grow. And, and I think part of that comes from having, um, that docility of spirit that Mary did, that willingness to accept the grace, that willingness to be open to God's will in your life and be attuned to whatever he's asking you to do, or maybe sometimes telling you not to do because the Holy Spirit can either tell you to speak up or the Holy Spirit sometimes tells you Um, to be quiet, right? A lot for me. Shut your big pie hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. Was that what you were asking? So is that kind of what you were asking about, Craig? Yeah. And how, you know, how in your life maybe you've experienced that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know for me, I love studying about the charisms um, of the Holy Spirit. And so probably about 12, 13 years ago or so, I got to go through a life, uh, not a um, spiritual gifts mm-hmm. study, mm-hmm. the one that the... Um, Catherine Siena Institute does. And, um, 
And I loved going through that and learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so for me, part of it has been walking into those gifts because you can learn that you've got certain gifts by answering these questionnaires. And there are a lot of different ways you can go about doing this. And you can either walk in, you can, but you only learn whether they truly are your gifts based on how other people respond because those gifts of the Holy Spirit, those Pauline charismatic gifts are only um, used for other people and used for the edification of the church like we talked about earlier. So it's not about me and how I'm experiencing it. It's how other people experience them. Like, for example, the gift of hospitality is a gift, a, a spiritual gift. I do not have that gift, but it is a spiritual gift. And apparently it's people feel very warm, comforted, comforted they feel welcomed into your home home by the way you administer hospitality and they said but you know there's some people who've got um skills of hospitality Mm -hmm. or talents of hospitality Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's a spiritual gift yeah right you know because you can walk into a beautifully decorated home and feel very cold and not feel very honored or welcomed or whatever yeah yeah so it's all about how other people experience it so yeah what about you big john I, it's hard for me, the, what I shared early on, just making all the connections, right? Because if you said, have you ever seen the Holy Spirit at work? The answer is yes. Um, have, have, I ever, have I ever been like overcome by the Holy Spirit? No, I've had in my quiet time, um, it's, it's, it's me and Jesus. So that's the focal mm-hmm. point, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's when the overwhelming experiences come. But what I'm learning or what I learned is that is impossible without the presence and the support of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. for me, you you would argue as, as far down the path as I am, I should have understood that. But that for me, that's what I see. And then I do see, um, I do see like um, people who, who are genuinely open to the Spirit. Um, I know we got to read, just folks, if you're just joining us, we're, we're, talking about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, here in the family room. Um, but um, when, like for me, people, I'll, I'll tell people, um, God hasn't given me a lot of gifts, but he's given me the gift of what I say, getting people. Mm-hmm. By that, I understand. So like, whether it's a business meeting or it's in our family or it's in here, like I get them, I get it. It's not that like I've psychoanalyzed you and I know your <laughs> motivations. Nope. It's just that when you think, do, say certain things that are meaningful. It sort of registers in my head and in my heart. I'm like, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And and so that's very helpful mm-hmm. in in um in more settings than you than you can imagine. But that's that's been my experience is very common, right? Just very, and I want to say mundane because that kind of is a diss on the Holy Spirit, but just sort of they live in your life and the yeah, Holy Spirit acting there. without yeah. I think that's good. Well, I think sometimes other people have to tell you what your gifts are, right? Because once again, it's based on how they experience how they you, right? It. Yeah, because yeah, if I, I think of you, John, I think of you, I bet if you took a spiritual gifts inventory, and we're talking about just these charismatic gifts, because they're all the other ones as well, right, right? Right. I bet you've got the gift of wisdom. And that's, you know, taking, taking knowledge and applying it to life. Mm. I bet you have the gift of wisdom and I bet you've got the gift of encouragement, which is really kind of what you said a second ago about being able to listen to people and give them, um, and just give them this encouragement. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah I bet you've sense. got, 
and then probably some discernment too. Yeah. So, but watching people in action, um, and I think part that's part of why we're called to community and to connection because it's through each other that we can see the Holy Spirit come alive. Oh yeah. Even if we don't see it in ourselves, yeah. You what know, about it's interesting. You? I was going to say too. Right? You know, practically. I don't think we pay attention to the fact that when we are baptized, mm. oh. it's the chrism oil mm. that the priests are blessed with, that we're blessed with, right? And then it's like, well, why? Well, we don't need to baptize babies. Why does our church do that? Well, why wouldn't you want to bring them into the family, get rid of original sin? So that way, as their consciences develop, they're hearing God mm-hmm. through us as parents, and hopefully our consciences are formed, and you're bringing them into it the right way. Mm-hmm. Then confirmation, obviously, is supposed to be this semi, like a 13-year-old, you're not an adult enough to do anything, more or less, <laughs> you know, pick your own gender these days. But, you know, you step up, don't cut that out, leave it in there. <laughs> you know, you you think about it, though, and, and you're supposed to, you get, again, you get resealed with that chrism oil. Right. That is supposedly solidify those gifts. So to your point, so that the Holy Spirit now acts in you as somewhat of an adult, that you're now making decisions based on your understanding of what the Holy Spirit wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where I think yeah. there's a disconnect mm-hmm. because that's where we're really never taught. How do I listen mm. for the Spirit? How do I engage the Holy Spirit? Because if that's the gift of love that was poured out on Pentecost, mm. right? That's God living inside of us. Yep. So how do we sit back and start to recognize it? How do we start to hear that? And then as you were saying, Mari, the accepting of the gift is really the unwrapping of it. Mm-hmm. I'm given all these gifts. Let me unwrap that. What do I do with these things? Yeah, yeah. So where do you go with that? One of the things you you said, Craig, that struck me went along with a friend, something that a friend of mine said. I told her we were going to be talking about the Holy Spirit today, and she is somebody who is very involved in Holy Spirit. She's actually reading a book right now, Holy Spirit 101. And she said, you know what? I think what parents need to know is that there's a great opportunity to teach their children about the gifts early because it's exactly what you just said. We received them. We received the gifts at baptism. They were strengthened and fortified at confirmation, and yet, does anybody ever talk about them after that? Does anybody ever talk to their kids Rarely. about that? I remember when my Rarely. kids were in high school going to their theology professor and saying, hey, I'd love to come in and do a spiritual gifts uh, workshop with the kids. They never were able to get it into the schedule. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, all these kids graduating, going off into the world. And if they knew what their spiritual gifts were, they could walk into those in such a beautiful way. So I know for my kid, get kids... I haven't done as much as I'd like to do, but I have at times like poured into them and said, oh, my gosh, I can see this gift of prayer that you have that is beautiful when you pray in this and how it affects people. Or I've seen this gift of encouragement that you have for other people. But because once again, we don't necessarily see them in ourselves. It takes other people outside us sometimes to see them. John, you were going to say something. No, it's I think what you said is uh or what you have said is the is the whole idea of just it's the theology of our sacraments, right? So mm. a sacrament signifies and produces grace. And when I was thinking, we just went to our niece, I uh, had, had a little baby boy and he was baptized on Sunday. And I was so just, I don't know, impressed or grateful or encouraged by this young priest. I'm mm. pretty sure like he could be my son or, mm-hmm. or just a young, young man, but so well-formed. And during the baptism, they anointed, you know, our our our, our nieces and 
these nephew in law, whatever he is, <laughs> uh, the, the Titus. They, they, and he said, as priest, prophet, and king. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, right there, mm-hmm. all three, the grace, the Holy Spirit for all three, boom, it's there forever. Yeah. It doesn't go away. And, and I remember I got confirmed in the sixth grade, like I think a lot of us did, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember we had a kid in, uh, when I was a senior in high school, maybe a junior in high school, and he was a freshman and he hadn't been confirmed yet. So we had to be confirmation. We bought out. And I, I remember sitting in church thinking, you know, I wish I had been confirmed in high school now instead of, you know, in sixth grade when I really didn't. Because my conclusion was I didn't get it. Since I didn't get it in my head, I didn't get it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, well, I want it now. And I'm like, wow, wait. <laughs> and that's a tough time. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you, that's like you're struggling with everything. When you're in high school. You're, 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 you're adolescence. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything yeah. that can sure, yeah. be a problem is a problem, right? And um, and you just want for the Holy Spirit. And you're like, oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah I, I have it. It's there. I just I didn't call it. You know, right. you know. You know Call it up. Okay, I want to jump on the priest, prophet, king thing you just said, right? Because that blew you away and just that reminder that with the chrism oil that Craig just talked about, we receive that seal of we are anointed as priest, prophet, and king. And I think so many times we don't think, we go, oh, the priest is the one who went to seminary. The priest is the one up there on the altar consecrating, right? We are each priest. And um, I learned a few years ago that that priestly title um, another word is is pontifex. Pontifex means a bridge. You are the bridge between God and man. And that's what our so these spiritual gifts are supposed to do. The reason we have the spiritual gifts, the, the charismatic ones anyway, is because we are the vessel. We are the bridge between God and man. We are the ones that are being able to pour out God's love onto other people. Or if you've got the gift of hospitality, like I said, yep. maybe the gift of um, beauty upon um, uh, people, or maybe the gift of order if you have the gift of administration. But we are vessels as, and we are priestly in the way that we are able to connect these different graces and gifts from God to other people through these gifts that we received. So I think it's just, it's so incredible. No, it is. And you talk about the prophetic side of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, kind of stepping back a little bit, you know, there's so, I think we had when we had Father Bartunic on the show, he talked about the gifts that are, you know, like uh, fortitude, mm-hmm. wisdom, knowledge, understanding, piety, fear of the Lord, counsel. I think mm-hmm. that's all of the, them. Yeah, the sevenfold gifts. But mm-hmm. Those are the ones we receive to make us holy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when we pray for wisdom, the book of wisdom in the Old Testament says, it's one of those things you ask for. God will pour out on you abundantly. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit? So you can look through the nonsense of the world and say, where is God leading me today? And going back to what uh, I think Mari, you said, or even John said, um, we're just not used to listening to it. When when a voice in your head goes off and says, that's probably not a good idea. You shouldn't go hang out over mm-hmm. there. Or when the voice in your head says, hey, why don't you give Mary a call, right? Mm-hmm. And you just like, well, that's odd. I can give you, I can give you an example, too. There's two of them. Um, I remember I was driving down the street and I thought of a friend of mine who was a a chiropractor friend of mine in Birmingham when we lived there. And I knew he was going through cancer and just hit me, you know, you should call him. Mm -hmm. So by God's grace, I did. And it was the last time I could talk to him. Mm -hmm. And when he got on the phone, you could tell how weak he was, but I got to at least tell him I loved him, 
tell them I'm praying for them. And then a couple of years ago, a friend of mine got sick and it was during the whole COVID thing. And I thought in my heart, I need to reach out to this guy. He died three weeks later mm. and I regret not reaching out to him mm. just because, I mean, that's the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to go do something here. So I think that it's just a matter of really thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, that wisdom, that understanding that ends up building up knowledge, right? The more wisdom you have, the more you seek the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, the more knowledge you're going to have. Well, and what you were talking about is that docility of spirit, because you hearing the words and then being docile enough to accept whatever that prompting of the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. And then you said it earlier about the openness in your heart. Well, yeah. go back to what John said, too, about, you know, for whose sins you forgive. Let's mm -hmm. take it out of the context of the priesthood, mm -hmm. but the gift of the Holy Spirit to enter into us to be able to forgive other people. Mm. When the Holy Spirit comes in and you're like mad as a hornet at somebody mm. and you get that inkling that says you need to knock it off and you need to forgive. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. Yes or no. But it's yeah. the Holy Spirit trying to lead you and the love of God says, I'm going to give you the choice. I'm not going to make you. Yeah. But how much better our lives are, how much more reflective of Christ when we can say, you know, all right, I don't really want to, Lord, but I'm going to forgive that person. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah, the Holy Spirit's the activation piece, yes. right? Like there's a um, Corey Ten Boom, you know, who was in the concentration mm -hmm. camps during World War II and, re and the hiding place was about she and her family. And she talked about giving a talk. She was such a strong oh, Christian. She talked about giving a talk. And at the back of the room was one of the concentration camp guards. And she saw him and he came up afterwards and he said, I just wanted to tell you that, um, I was there and I, um, and I'm a Christian now and I just wanted to ask for your forgiveness. And she said, I knew who he was. I recognized him. I remembered him. And she said, I could not forgive him. I could not forgive him, but God could. And so she called on the Holy Spirit. She called on the Holy Spirit, you know, and she said, he, you know, God was the one who forgave him through me. I couldn't do it. But yeah. what she was saying was also, it was the Holy Spirit, because obviously Jesus and God and the God, Father and Son, or the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. But it was the activation of the Holy Spirit that was, that enabled her to reach her hand out and to say the words of forgiveness that otherwise she would not have been able to say. Yeah. yeah. So um, when we come back from break, I would love to hear any times that maybe the Holy Spirit got you guys to do something that you didn't think you could do. Or maybe where you realized there was another power going on in your life um, that you didn't know that you had um, because of the Holy Spirit. And maybe a, a minute on like what keeps us from doing the will of the Holy Spirit and what the evil one does oh, to, block. to block it. Yeah, because you're right. The evil one does not want us right. to follow after the Holy not Spirit. Right. Yeah. So so at this point, we've talked about we've got the sevenfold gifts we learned about in Isaiah that are there that we can draw on. We've got the charismatic gifts that are those uh, ones we read about in a lot of the letters of Paul. And then we've also got the fruits. So maybe we can talk about the fruits as well. Okay. When we come back. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on the Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. 
Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. Talking about the Holy Spirit. So uh, first half, we talked about multiple things, but Mari, you wanted to talk about the fruits of the Spirit in this segment, and then we wanted to talk about how the Holy Spirit has either prompted us to or not do something, and maybe how the devil has also tried to prevent mm. us from doing yeah. something, mm-hmm. right? Yep. 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 So I'm throwing it to either one of you two. What do you think? Well... Let's let's finish on high notes. So let's let's tackle the evil one next. Okay. What you say. okay. Because I'm thinking back to one of the interviews we had, um, where we had all these facts, right? And then the question was, well, why why are these facts not more generally known? Mm. Uh, we were talking about mm. the role of the father, the importance mm. of the father yeah. in mm. a family, right? Mm-hmm. And why aren't all these things known? And and there was a there was some very legitimate reasons that they weren't known. And um, so when I think about the Holy Spirit and and I can only speak in my own life or with some information from, you know, close friends and, and, and maybe people that, that I've, I've worked with or been able to speak about these kinds of things. Right. But um, you you hear that prompting, you know what it is to do. And and the evil one 
has a message, and it's not a sinister, most often, it's not a sinister, like, diabolical thing. It's a, it's a prompting to follow your own will, or for me, mm-hmm. my own will. Mm-hmm. Like, I am justified in this anger. Mm-hmm. I am right about this. Mm-hmm. I want this to go a certain way. That's how it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be these big, grandiose things, right? And the more, the more he can get us to listen to and believe that our way is the right way, mm-hmm. then he doesn't have to have a diabolical or sinister message, right? He'll save that for different times. And I, I only bring that up because the Holy Spirit, we, we've already shared that the Holy Spirit from baptism is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and powerful, he is God and he is the consummate will of the Father and the Son, mm-hmm. right? So you don't get better than that. And he's living within us. And he's, he's here. Mm-hmm. He's literally mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And so then it's so, I, I bring it up because it's just so dangerous mm-hmm. in my mind mm-hmm. that if somebody said, like, go do this evil deed, you're like, no. But when you have a prompting of the Holy Spirit and, and then the voice says, that's going to be a little difficult. You've got a better approach to that. Then just follow your gut. John, just follow your gut. Boom, done. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a great way to look at it because so we know he's the father of lies. We know the right. evil one's the father of lies. But like you're saying, the lies aren't as obvious mm-hmm. as we'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, he it is more planting a seed of doubt. It's what he did to Eve, right? Yeah. Did God really say that? And he planted the seed of doubt, and her doubt was really that God wanted what was best for her. And for us, so many times, the doubt is that God's way is really the right way and the best way for us. Not just the right way, but God's God's way is yeah. the best way because he loves us so much. So what you're saying there, John, I'm thinking about examples where, like you just said, it's your own will, your own sense of control, your own sense of um, wanting to be right about something, wanting to be recognized for doing it a certain way, right? Or yep. righteous indignation, right? Yep. And the flip side of it will yep. also be used, right? And the, and I think, again, thought, not theology, that the reason Jesus says, first, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, the first thing he empowers them to do is forgiveness, is because either he, the evil one will prompt you that you have a better way, mm. or that you aren't even close to being worthy or ready mm, or yep. able uh, to do the will of the Holy Spirit of the Father. You, my friend, are a schmuck on steroids, mm, right? Yeah. You, mm. There's no way... The Holy Spirit would not bother with you, sir. Okay. So, and so, because you're not worthy, you're not valuable enough, even simple things. Okay. So a number of years ago now, God gave me a, I believe it was God gave me a thought to write a certain, uh, write a book. I still haven't done it. And what happened in my mind was he, he gave me this thought. He gave me the title. He gave me some thoughts around it. And then immediately the thought came, oh, I'm not disciplined enough to do that. Oh, I bet there's so many other people who could do that better. Oh, I bet there's some people who've even done it better, right? All of these thoughts. And I remember talking to God about it and going, okay, this is all true, God. You know, other people can do it. They've done it better. It's probably already been done. Why do you want me to do, you know, why should I do it? And he said, because I ask you to, <laughs> you know, Pretty simple. and I'm just sitting here admitting on the air that I still have disobeyed, but I'm working on it. I am. I actually have made it, made a few steps um, toward it, but 
But it's all that, right? It's yeah. the seeds of doubt, but he uses the doubt in weird oh. ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's interesting because as we talk about this too, you know, I, I think I've mentioned before, my mother got on the early side of the charismatic renewal. Mm, yeah. Um, it was still at a time when my father was not Catholic and wasn't even baptized. And she would come home, fired up, obviously, and, you know, come on, we're going to go pray this, and we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come on you, and blah, 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 blah. And I think beginning, number one, look at beginning, I think I had an open heart just because I was a simpleton in as much as the church was a church, and I was fine with it. I served, I lectured, I did a bunch of things. So when she said that, I'm like, great, okay, no problem. But where that manifested itself was, so, you know, I graduate high school, I got my Bible they gave me, and I'd read it once in a while. I take it to college and then you start to go, I don't really need to go to church. And you get into a relationship that maybe you shouldn't be into. And I remember at that point in time too, you know, in your free time, all these um, soap operas, you'd watch them, you know, talking about trash. But (laughs) I remember so fully though, that in my quiet time, when I would grab my Bible and read it, it felt like, like the page was written with my name on it. It was a direct letter from God. And it was leading me to, you know, you can't, you can't, here's what I want for your life, not what you're doing right now. Yeah. And that was never terrible, like, oh, you're going to hell. It was always very loving. And then I even remember watching the um, the soap operas once in a while and God speaking through them kind of going, <laughs> you're living this kind of soap opera life right now. But I knew it was God's voice. It mm-hmm. just hit my heart like, this is God talking to me. I need to make some changes. Yeah. And to your point, I have a choice. The devil kind of kept, oh, well, you you know, you, you're okay with this. This is fine. I mean, is that really a problem doing this, that, or the other thing? And yes, you know, mm-hmm. God tried to use those simple things in my own life to bring me to a point of, I'm talking to you. I want you to have the best life you can have. And get your tail back to church. Just <laughs> come on back. I want to talk to you. And it was for me, it was profound, even though I still was a knucklehead, as John likes to continually say we all are. I still... Go ahead, John. Mr. Knucklehead. Let's have some respect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that it, it was... It was clear in my heart that this was God speaking to me. Now, did I say it was the Holy Spirit? Maybe often no. But that's the voice of God. Yeah. Okay, so you heard it and you did turn around. Which is great. Oh, I would say somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> okay. You started turning around. So what are some examples of where you did say yes to the Holy Spirit? Like that the the evil one didn't get in there with as many doubts and didn't draw you away where you did say yes and you knew that you had just said yes to to God and to the working of the Holy Spirit in your heart or in your life. Wow. John, any thought? So so there's lots of thoughts. None, none are profound things, which in a certain sense, I think is comforting. Um, but, um, I think there, the one that, the one that comes immediately to mind was, I mean, I had been, I, I never, I never was the guy who just stopped going to church mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Part of it was my Being time in some in, seminary, <laughs> my, my time in formation, right? Like, um, but even that wasn't a chore for me. Uh, as you as it as it could have been, so I never had that experience. But what I did have, and and the Holy Spirit didn't prick me with this until probably two or three years ago. So and as part of all that, I received the sacrament of reconciliation not as regularly as I should, but certainly more regular than than the average bear, I guess. And 
as I was preparing for reconciliation recently, within the last five, 10 years, I can't remember precisely when it was, but it was, it was memorable. The whole thing came upon me of all of the reconciliations, all the times I made my reconciliation and I did my penance. And when I walked out, I never intended to stop sinning. Mm. I wanted forgiveness mm -hmm. and I knew I would get it. But there's, there's, I'm sure there's a whole batch of theology behind that. This should scare the <laughs> fool out of somebody, probably me. But, um, but we it, say it in the act of contrition. I right? know, I yeah. know. And it, he just convicted me in an overwhelming way that like you confess them and you never intended to change. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm going to jump in here. I, I'm wondering if how much of the reason you never intended to change was because you didn't think you could. So there's, so I don't, I, I would, I would say that there's certainly an element of that. I'm not willing to let myself off the hook. Right, and, and, right. And, and, the, and so I went to confession. And that's exactly what I brought to the, to the reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I said, Father, here's the deal, right? Mm -hmm. Done all these things, confessed them, they're forgiven. And yeah. I've been convicted to tell you that there were so many times mm -hmm. and, and yes, th that's very true. There, there were, there were legitimate, well, there were things going on that legitimately were like, that's just not an option right mm -hmm. now. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's wrong. But, but, but I so think, that was, that's the thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Like, but I'm wondering too, if part of that is because we don't recognize that the, that the um, sacrament of reconciliation is a healing sacrament and you've basically gotten, you've been healed of your inability to not sin. Can you say it that way? <laughs> here's here's the closest I can get. Like, so when Jesus heals the blind man and yeah. it takes him two tries, oh, I, yeah. I joke about that. Jesus, it's like, ah, <laughs> try to get it right this time. Right, this, that's, that's probably blasphemous or something. I don't mean to be that way. Just a little bit of levity. But he, it's not because he didn't get it right the first time. Yeah. It's like the blind man says, I, I add words in my own understanding. Again, thoughts, not theology. When he says, I want to see like you see mm. Jesus. So I, right now I see people moving around like trees, yeah. but I want to see him the way you see him. I believe that when I went to reconciliation, I was forgiven and, and to the point that I could see like people moving around like trees. Yeah. When I finally went and said, this is what I've done, then it's like, well, that's a, now yeah. you see things from a much different light. And it's, it's, it's a bit. Well, it's convicting, right? Yeah. But that's, so yes, I don't think, I'm not saying there's invalid sacraments or, or any excuses, but I think that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's, so that's what you just said. So that is part of the Holy Spirit speaking to your right. heart, giving you greater discernment about what the sacrament of reconciliation really is and what it can do for you, convicting you of what you might need to change. That's the other thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will convict you, but will never condemn you. Right. Right. Yes. That's, oh, that's pretty huge. That's a big deal. Yeah. We need to break that open. So listeners, if you are just joining us here in the family room, we are talking about the Holy Spirit today. And it's just John and Craig and me kicking back, talking about, you know, simple things like the Holy <laughs> Spirit and conviction versus condemnation. But that's such a huge thing, right? Because God will give you, he will convict you of things, but con with conviction comes a peace about it as well as a way out, a way forward, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so for you, you were convicted that you hadn't truly taken the grace of the of reconciliation to its 
full true end of what right. the means. And then, but there was a piece in a way that you could go back and do something about it. When you're under con- condemnation, and it tells us in scripture, right, in Romans, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you feel condemnation, that's the evil one. That's not of God. Yeah, that's Correct. not of God. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the evil yeah. one. And that's part of what we were talking about before, about those lies and the and the hesitation and the doubt and all that that's planted in you. Um, so, yeah. yeah go, I mean, go back huge. to the biblical story of the woman brought to Jesus. They were going to stone her, right? Right. And what does he say to her? He says, nor do I condemn you, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't come to condemn. I came to save the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because when you talk about that, John, I remember reading in uh, the introduction to the devout life mm-hmm. by St. Francis mm-hmm. de Sales. Mm-hmm. He talks about sin and walking away from it. But he also talks about walking away from the desire yes. of wanting that right. sin right. to mm-hmm. not be a sin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, let's be honest. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a sin. But this is kind of cool whatever. And it's it's looking at that and saying that's a that's a disordered mm-hmm. desire, right. Mm-hmm. right? And then giving that back to God. Yeah. So I think that's a whole nother yeah. plot that you know it's like. And just for the record, Saint Francis de Sales introduction, my eye, chambers. <laughs> <laughs> that's intense. He's that intense. Is very intense. Yeah. No. No. That it, is it, very it definitely is. But again, but it yeah, bring, it's, yeah, it brings you to it's a, a really deeper understanding of what God really wants for us. Again, going back to you know why bother to give us the Holy Spirit? What you know, He could have just left us and said, "I gave you everything you need to know." But it's like, and what, what you said, John and, and Mari about you know the wild goose. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're on a wild goose chase, Mm-mm. but it's like you need to pay attention, keep an eye on where that goose is going, mm. and follow it. Yeah. Not because it's running wild because it doesn't know where it's going, but it may be so counter to where we think we need to go or want to go. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That it's like, why the heck am I following? He's nuts. I'm following it. I would never do right, this. Right. And then hindsight, Holy Spirit sight says... I was running all over the place because you were. I'm <laughs> trying to catch up with you. Well, or vice versa. It's like, because I wanted to keep your attention. Yeah, I wanted yeah. you to, to, to follow me. Cause... Okay, so that goes back to my question. Have you ever done something that was totally Holy Spirit-led? And I would say that this radio show is one of those things. Uh, that's, that's, you know? Wow. Yeah. No, I think that's true. It got, I, true. I know that when Shelter and Peace started three years ago, um, it was one of those, somebody just asked me to do it. And without me being able to logically think it through and analyze it, I just said yes, because the, my heart was pricked by the Holy Spirit. And I just said yes. I had no idea, had no experience, didn't know what it was, didn't know what I was supposed to do, didn't know if I had the bandwidth for it, didn't know anything. Yep. Here we are three years later, right? And then you guys came on two years ago and we started this. And I think that's the Holy Spirit. I think that was each of the three of us saying yes to the Holy Spirit. I think that's right, because John and I had a vision of something that we thought God was calling us to, um, you know, getting into spiritual direction because of a priest in spiritual direction was like, hey, why don't you think about this? Pray about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I might also throw this story out there and, and hopefully you won't cut it out. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember coming, uh, graduating college, getting a job and then sitting in discernment over, OK, I'm not happy in this job, I'm single. Do I want to be a priest? Do I want to get married? Mm-hmm. And I remember it was during the um, chaplet to the divine mercy, you know, chaplet to the sacred heart. And I remember praying it. And I said, Lord, if you want me to become a priest, I need to know I'm wasting time kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I probably said, but if you want me to get married, I want to find this person 
in short order, again, because I was literally 23, 24, whatever the heck it was, not old, but still like, okay, I want to move on. And I remember, again, hearing in my conscience, it's kind of weird. It was like, okay, but are you going to date my way? Mm. Are you going to do it the Mm. way I want you to Mm. do it? Yeah. 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 And I'm I'm not trying to be a smart Alec Murray, but unlike St. Murray, who I have a feeling did it the right way. (laughs) Not always. Nope. I made plenty of mistakes, (laughs) right? And... It was just, it was, it was that, are you going to line your will up with mine? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not telling you you're going to get married, but I'm telling you I will honor your prayer, mm-hmm. but I want you to do it and follow me. So for me, that was a big thing because it kind of sat in my heart like, okay, I got to pay attention to yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kelly and I met October, whatever, five months later. <laughs> wow. See, God is so good. And I think he did. I think that's part of the Holy Spirit, right? That's 100%. another thing is that he, the Holy Spirit will put desires in your heart. And then, yeah, help you move move toward that. Yeah. All right, so. Yes. Counter to that a little bit. Okay. Trusting and sitting in God's will. Pretend like um, a married couple, young couple, we have the desire in our heart to have children. Mm-hmm. We're not happening. Yeah. I've got problems. Well, I can do in vitro. I can go do a lot of different things. How do you talk to somebody like that in the humility of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And I think that that's one of those. Okay. So another thing the Holy Spirit can do is to give you the words at the right time. And Jesus says that, you know, when he's talking to the disciples about what's going to happen, he says, when you come before kings, when you come before, right, all these people do not worry, I will give you the words. And I think that in times like that as well, calling on the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And you can say that that's actually one of the oldest prayers I've heard from theologians and priests in the church is come Holy Spirit. And you just call on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit may give you the words that that couple needs. It won't be anything from your own, yeah. you know, head potentially. I mean, there might be some of your own experiences, but I think that um, like for me, God put the desire in my heart that I would be married and have children at a very young age. I mean, I remember being five years old and wanting to be a mom. And that was a desire that never went away my whole life. I didn't get married until I was 34. I didn't have my first child until I was 36. Everybody around me was, I was in everybody's wedding. Then I started to become everybody's godmother, right? <laughs> People were giving up on me. They were literally literally writing in their wills that I would come and live in their home and take care of their children because everybody had given up that I would actually, you know. But in my heart, I knew that God had a plan and he did. And it was the most beautiful plan. But I did have to um, let go and let him yeah. follow him and, and, and trust that it would happen his way. And, and I, I have had friends who had a desire in their heart for children and God filled that desire and that love in different ways, not the regular worldly way. We might think they didn't have their own children, but God brought people into their, their homes for them to parent in beautiful yeah. ways, but they had to be open to that. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's where, to your point, the humility, you know, Mary mm. contemplated many things in her heart, yeah. right? Yeah. St. Joseph, though we don't talk about him, had to be enacted by the Holy Spirit in the wisdom to move and do what he did. And I think those are the tough ones, though, because like you said, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles to give them strength mm-hmm. to go out into a very scary world that was trying to kill, they thought, they're trying to kill us too, but gave them the power to go stand before those people and point a finger and go, you know, here's what you guys did, but Christ died for you. For us to be able to call on that same Holy Spirit, though, yep. and say, give me the strength to trust what the church has taught, 
and not just say it's a bunch of rules and a bunch of poppycock because I don't intellectually understand it. Mm -hmm. But in my heart, I want to trust you that this is okay. Because to your point, God will give you far more and far better than you ever could have imagined. But we screw it up like... Abraham's wife in the yeah, Old Testament, Sarah, yeah, Sarah, where yeah. she that's said, the first thing yeah. I thought of. where mm-hmm. she said, I'm going to go give you the concubine because I can't get it done where God's like, mm-hmm. but I can get it done. Mm-hmm. We screw it up because we don't want to sit docilely and say, the Holy Spirit told me don't act yet. Right. Or, right. Or don't move yet. And I know, John, you're a doer. Any examples of that where you either didn't sit and wait and it kind of screwed up? Or the opposite. So it's very, very, again, my world is a very mundane, plain Jane world. And um, I remember the company that I worked for before the one I work for now was brutal. It was just, uh, I learned so much, but it was it was not the place you want to live. And I was there for almost 12 years. And there was a point where I knew I had to leave. Um, and, but the options were like, I couldn't. I was making pretty respectable money, right? And I remember sitting down with a friend who uh, I went to Curcio with. And I was like, Bill, I just don't see how God can can fix that gap. I mean, it was something along that are like, this is, I've got all these things. I, you know, Barb and I were committed to like, she was going to raise the kids and she wasn't working outside the house, I don't think at that point. And I remember saying to Bill, I don't see how God can do that. And as soon as I had those words out of my mouth, right? So for me, it was, I was pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. The minute I said, that was just about the dumbest thing I've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably not, but it was close. And then, 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 um, I have to confess, I was drug kicking and screaming, but he was like, I'll show you, I'll show you, just let me show you, I'll show you this. It was the same thing. Barb and I were always faithful to the church from a giving perspective, but we didn't always tie it. You mean the true ten percent on your gross income? True tithing. Yeah. We didn't do it, and um, and it's the only time in the Bible he says, "Hey, test them. Thou shalt not put the Lord your God to the test." He, and then he says, "Test me on this." Yeah. Right. Bring your whole tithe, and so those are two times where drug is screaming. But when I was obedient, then clear where I am now is like thousandfold better financially in every conceivable way than where I was in the same with the other. Right. So it's just. For me, it's unfortunate that I'm just not a glowing example of. No, I think that is a glowing example. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is too. I think. Well, the other thing. Okay, so I feel like the theme. We're coming full circle back to the theme. So we started with love. That the Holy Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. And then at the end of the day, He calls us into love. He calls us into obedience to the Father who loves us more than we can ever hope and imagine, so that He can give us more than we could ever hope and imagine. But it does take sitting in and calling on the Holy Spirit is sitting in those gifts, the love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the things that he's given us and accepting this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So listeners, we have loved being with you. We are just going to close with a quick uh, glory be. So glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Come. And join us again next week here in the Family Room where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.